Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worst case scenario, start to a road trip for the Sabres as they went out west and had a very, very, very uneventful uh, first 18 or so minutes as far as shot creation, and they found themselves in a hole that was uh, impossible to dig out of, as it turned out, Marty. Um, two words, really, all that were required by the head coach um, in various forms, in different answers, but fight harder. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's the same words being used in different, uh, you know, uh, synonyms, if you want to say it, compete, fight harder, you know, pace, uh, all of that. Right. And I mean, that's what Don Granado has been using and, and his, his post game, uh, availability are getting shorter and shorter and shorter in time and answers. Um, because it, it always comes to the same thing. So I, I understand we got a job to do as, you know, uh, and when we analyze, there's there's people on site that are asking questions, but it, the the answers are always the same. There, we got to fight harder, we got to work through it, we got to compete, right? And it's the same thing. And it was the same thing from Kevin Adams when he spoke to the media uh, a couple of weeks back. And yeah, you, you, my thing this year has been the same thing. You take a, a step forward, right? You you get five out of six points. You take a step forward. You beat Boston. You lose in a shootout to Montreal. You beat the Arizona Coyotes. And I feel like in one period, you took four steps back. It took 18 and a half minutes for to get a shot on goal. At that moment, the Sabres had one shot attempts. The shot attempts were 21 to two at the 18 and a half minute mark when there was a shot on goal, a rebound by Benson, and then a put back that was the 3-1 goal. And it, it, it took 18 and a half minutes. I get it. Colorado was going to come out and be flying. They were down 5-3 to Calgary. They ended up winning 6-5. They had lost the previous two. Like, they were going to be firing. But you got, it's, to me, again, it doesn't come down to, oh, our system is so-and-so, and this is what we have to do. It comes down to to playing hard and to push back. And the fight harder and the push back was just not there, and especially in the first 18 and a half minutes. Well, shot attempts are one thing, but they were losing 3 nothing, which is the most important aspect of it. So the yeah. question is, why? Why? Um, the the simple answer to it, um, and and it's I'm not saying that this is. And I always have to be careful when you qualify it. Is that you know, you know, you I I don't go out there and say they weren't being smart. They they were they you know 
there's smart hockey players making bad decisions. That's what it was all over the ice, right? And look, Lukanen on his first game back was trying to be a, maybe a little over aggressive and trying to get himself going. So first goal, he, he chases, but somebody's got to be able to to recover and help and maybe you know yeah, make Peyton a desperate Krebs. play, make a desperate exactly, make a desperate play. We didn't on, have to be desperate. He was right there. If he'd taken two sick. extra strides at any point, he was it was negated. So that's that's one. And and so it starts one nothing. And now your goalie, who hasn't played in a while, is thinking, man, like I whew, this is gonna be a tough one. Did he play it right? No, but at the same point, like, okay, let's let's help him out. Let's defend, let's play a good start to the game, which wasn't there. And then it to me, the the microcosm of the whole thing was the second goal. Because you are in full control of the puck multiple, multiple times. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying just one turnover and one giveaway. I'm saying multiple giveaways in a 30, 40 second, you know, time span that led to Colorado just have their way. And, and it, it was easy, easy for them to just say, Oh, you're giving me the puck here. Okay. I'll take it. I'll walk. I'll take a shot. You're giving me the puck again. Okay. I'll walk around the goal. I'll put it around the crease. And then it's like, Oh, they didn't score here. They didn't score there. You're thinking maybe the Sabres will get away with it. Having th thrown the puck away multiple times. And then it ends up in the back of the net with Nachushkin getting the rebound. Um, that's, but we've seen that too often now to think like, okay, this was, this was just a bad moment or a bad, you know, 10 minutes of the game or a bad 15 minutes of the game. First periods have not been good. And I almost feel like we, we got to celebrate some first good first period of late because it was like, Oh my goodness, it's completely different when the, when from the drop the puck, it's like a different game. Um, this went back to, you know, the, the, I don't want to call it normalcy, but the regular occurrence that we've seen for most of the season. Well, they are minus 18 in first periods, which is uh, worst in the NHL. So, yes, it is uh, um ongoing problem, obviously, that has put this team in very difficult positions. One thing we haven't talked about much lately because the tide had shifted on this particular matter was the fact that for uh, probably the first 15 to 20 games, the Sabres found themselves taking far more penalties than the opponent and therefore had the biggest negative differential in special teams time. Yep. That has significantly flipped of late and it has not helped one bit. The Sabres special teams in the last 10 games don't even combine to add up to 80%. Yeah. They have 65% penalty kill and a 13.8% power play. Most of the, well, all of, but a large portion of, let's say, the top half of the league is running at a combined minimum 105%, 110%, upwards of 120 in some cases more. You just can't survive, even in small sample sizes, like a game like last night where there weren't a lot of penalties, they lost the special teams battle. You yeah. can say, okay, they moved it well in the second period. They needed to have a goal at that point. But and also, did, where did they shoot from on the power play? I can't even recall I, I from the perimeter it was from the perimeter the, the big conversation at the start of the second period when the sabers were on the power play is how they have moved tage thompson from his regular one-timer spot to the right flank trying to give him a different look right and and then all you saw was stage grabbing the puck and trying to get back to the left side because that's where he feels more comfortable and so then you got a shot from the point you got a shot from the flank 
You didn't get anything from right in front of uh, Prozvatov. Like you, you didn't get anything there. Uh, I mean, according to Natural Stat Trick, the Sabres in four minutes of power play got two high danger chances. Two. I mean, that's it, more than a lot of times, unfortunately. That's been more than before, but I, season numbers. Yeah. The way that you the game was laid out, you're down three mm-hmm. one. You get a power play at the end of the first that carries over in the second. You have fresh ice. You have the time to 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 talk about it in the first intermission and how you need to to attack it and that desperation that that you know working hard enough and fighting and and competing should be like, hey, how about we look at the goals we gave up. Right, mm-hmm. Colorado went to the crease on a wraparound. They went to the net on the second goal. Uh, they they were buzzing right around the crease. That's what we have to do. Now you don't have to say that in the locker room. You don't have to say, "Look at Colorado, two of their three goals in the first period were right around the crease." We got to do the same. But you can definitely say, "Hey, we have a chance here on the power play at the start of the second to make it three-two. After playing terrible for eighteen and a half minutes, we have a chance to do that." But it's only going to happen if we get to the front of the net. So let's, you know, take a couple of shots, but get players to the front of the net. Arizona, what was the message sent after the game? Arizona was the Krebs Oposo Robinson line led the way by doing what? By getting to the crease and by being around the front of the net. So that should be in every aspect of your game, especially now that the biggest you know, com- well, criticism of your coach, your GM, and everybody else watching is you're not competing enough. It's mm-hmm. it, it needs more compete. So how do you show compete? In my opinion, is get the puck to the net and crash. Robinson, Krebs, and Oposo showed compete against Arizona, and they led the way. But our, our, other than that, like there was, Naparpley didn't show that compete. No, and the, you're obviously not um, likely to get the same um, third and or fourth line contributions night in and night out, especially no. offensively. And obviously last night was not a great night for that trio, which had been so dominant in the previous home game. Uh, they're two for 27 on the power play now in this latest run, but um, this is not this is not a small sample size. Um, unfortunately for the group, since the first game after Christmas last year, they are 29th in the league on the power play. Yeah. So this is almost a full season. And there has well, it's to be almost con- a full calendar year, right? There that's, has to be there is. has to be there has to be concern here, as opposed to just like you were saying, okay, moving Tage into a different position, whatever, whatever. Um, I'd like to know what you think that change now has to be to try to flip the results. So we did see a small change on the power play. Uh, I think it was the Montreal game where the Sabres, instead of using their 1-3-1, they went to a little bit more of a high umbrella with a goal line option and then a net front. So you're you're switching things around. But again, for me, it's about creating uh, a, um, a, a surplus. Uh, the way I'm, I'm talking about it is, Okay, so creating a surplus at the top of the zone and playing three on two at the top of the zone really doesn't do anything because you're two on two down low, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, where do you have to create a man up situation is right at the net. And right now the Sabres, and even when they were in the one, three, one, they rarely created a three on two at the net. It's always either a one against two or a two on two, but the second guys come in from the side. You're not creating that three on two at the net. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's, it's an issue. It's, it's definitely an issue. The best power plays create the three on two at the net. And so right now, again, I look back to where the shots were taken, you know, natural stat trick as a heat map of the location of the shots on the power play, the shot attempts, I should say. Mm-hmm. Well, the shot attempts are, you know, middle top sides, a couple of right in the slot, but th- those were not great looks in my opinion. There's just mm-hmm. nothing there. You're not creating the surplus that you need, you know, the the extra attacker that you need where you need to do it. So but you Marty, you've you've obviously lived this the entirety of your <laughs> your life, whether you were playing as a teenager or a pro or analyzing. I mean, how hard is it? For coaches to convince players to do something different. Well, it, it gives. So there's another thing that I, you know, everybody complains around the NHL about the lack of practice. Well, you know what? Like, let, go get practicing. Your power play is not working well. And you have to obviously feel comfortable when you move things around, right? Like you, you can't just say we're changing the power play and, but you know what, we, we don't have a lot of practice time. And so we're going to kind of go with it within the game. It obviously needs practice time. It needs Tage. If Tage is going to be to the right flank, he needs time in practice to say, Hey, uh, how does it look when I get the puck from the other side as opposed to on the one timer? My left shoulder is in front of me. I don't see the pressure from the middle of the ice like like I would do on the right side. On the right side, he's wide open. He yeah. can see it all coming at him. So there needs to be practice time, mm-hmm. right? And for me, that's the biggest thing is right now, if you need to adjust things, you need to make the practice time. You need to make it happen. Yeah. And I know there's... The league is so much different now than it was when I first started. And I get it for the better, right? Um, practices when I first started in Buffalo were an hour and a half minimum. Minimum. We were on the ice for an hour and a half to two hours. Now you get on the ice, you're out there for 40, 45 minutes at the, at the most, right? It's totally different. But it, like you said, it's been a year now since New Year's of 2023 so that this calendar year where the power play hasn't worked why because other teams have been able to adjust Mm -hmm. to the tage thompson one-timer and to everything that's happened and then tage got hurt and tage got hurt again so now it changes things but they've been able to pre-scout you having seen more of it and how other teams have done it and you can get out of it so that's one thing two is again the puck's not moving quick enough on the power play in my opinion I think of myself, like if I close my eyes right now and I think, okay, I'm in the crease and there's a power play, what do I like to not see and what do I like to see? What I don't like to see is when the puck moves quickly because I always have to reset. You know, puck is in point A and it moves to point B. So I got to move to point B and then it moves to point C. I got to move to point C. But by the time I'm at C, now I've lost, you know, track of where was where is the player that was at point A and where is the player that was back door before? Like you always have to reset. And the shorter amount of time that you can reset, especially as a goaltender, the, at more of a disadvantage you are. Mm-hmm. But when they're skating with the puck, you know, that's given me as the goaltender a time to, whew, I can breathe. I can now re-see everything, right? Think of a quarterback. The quarterback backs up. If everybody was going slower, you could say, oh, 
52s come into pressure, everything is slowing down when you're skating with the puck. And, and that's what they're doing a lot of because I don't think they're comfortable in trying to Yeah, they're not comfortable yet in having a different setup on the power play. I get you got to change something on the power play. Go ahead, change it. But you got to practice it. You got to give the players the tool to to not slow it down, but to speed it up. Of course, Tuck came back last night, but now Skinner left the game because yeah. of the massive hit from Nathan McKinnon. How did you view uh, that um, turn of events, if you will? Well, first of all, Skinner was on a different line and he was playing with Middlestead and Paterka. Um, you know, I, we talked yesterday morning about how do you change the lines when Tuck comes back? And I did mention, and I, there's a lot of things that I said that are wrong, but I said, eh, maybe Cousins is the one that's going to move down to a third line kind of role. Mm -hmm. And it was. Um, so Skinner was on a different line. Again, takes time to adjust sometimes to newer line mates. Not that he's used to playing with Middlestat, but maybe not Paterka in that sense. Um, and then you lose him well, but, with an well, upper body injury. Been... He has Paterka has played with those two a lot lately because that has been the constant change when games in needed game. a change. Yeah, yes. in, game in game changes have happened right. a ton. Right. Um, so but what yes. about the hit itself, and then and the, Tuck's return and all of it? I mean, so the hit itself for me was just two players going full speed and a perfectly timed hit by Nathan McKinnon. It's not the hit that I believe caused Skinner to really. Uh, the impact of the hit that caused Skinner to attempt to come back on the power play and then leave and to be uh, ruled out for the rest of the game. It's how he, he ended up hitting the boards. You know, his body was kind of folded in half, upper body, head hits the board really hard. You could see it in multiple replays. And it was just a really good timed hit by Nathan McKinnon. And Skinner, unfortunately, couldn't get out of the way. But, yeah, this not having Skinner back... Um, After that hit, so now you've got 11 forwards, you're rolling different lines, different groups. Um, it was, it was, it was a hard hit and it was unfortunate. Now, Alex Tuck, um, I didn't feel like he had his legs going early and that's to be expected. Um, there was a play late in the first period where he had one chance to maybe, you know, kind of burst on the right side and go down and there was a whistle. There was a whistle, there was an offside, and he never got to really get going. Um, it's going to take him a little bit of time. Um, you know, we saw that at the start of the season. He, he started slow, picked it up, then missed a few games, slow coming back, picked it up, now missed a few other games. It was slow. It was slower against Colorado, but I'm obviously I'm I'm not looking at him for what the the results were because it was a Spurs game back and He always tends to do a little slower progression after missing some time. Right. There's just really not a window for that. <laughs> yeah. You're, 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 you're in desperation mode and you don't yeah. have time to do that. Yes. Which, you know, again, goes back to um, Lukanen playing, which again, his play prior to illness warranted him returning. It was just, a situation where we talked about yesterday, it's like, okay, well, if you're starting the trip with Lukanen, does that all but guarantee you're only going to get one game out of Levi or mm -hmm. are you going to play him back to back on this trip? Uh, the moral of the story um, asked or answered in one question, Don was faced with the question of, do your top players need to do more? And as he consistently delivered in his post-game address, he paused and said, Everyone can work harder. 
there's yeah. opportunity for everyone. And it's true. So it's not on the top guys. It's literally on everyone. And so there, you know, that, that, uh, it takes a little bit of the heat, if you will, off of top players like Tuck coming back in and maybe not being a hundred percent. I think what was also, this is just my opinion. I thought Zach Benson was again, their best forward. Yeah. Yeah. No. Why, why, why was he the best forward? Why was he the most noticeable forward in your opinion? Because he cares. And I don't mean well, that they don't care. They, they don't care he, because he I mean, competed he exudes, harder than everybody else. Dudes care like every single second. He competed harder than everybody else. Yes, he I'm not going harder. to use that word anymore, by the way, just so you know, like I'm never using that C word anymore. The one that you just used, I, I'll oh. use care, but the other word is so ridiculous and unnecessary. Like, I can't believe we're even talking about it. So, um, but whether if you're the Colorado whether, Avalanche last night and after the game, you're yeah. Jared Bednar and the coaching staff and you're going through your notes mm -hmm. and you're evaluating your team. And I would think that coaches in the NHL also kind of write little notes on their papers on the other team. Mm -hmm. Who who is noticeable mm -hmm. and for what reason? Sometimes it's skills. Sometimes it's speed. Sometimes it's shot. Sometimes it's defensively. I think you probably had number nine, Benson, because – The guy never stops. His feet never stops. He goes to the front of the net. He gets after pucks. He takes penalties. Why? Because he works hard. You're going to get called when you work that hard. You're going to, your stick is going to get caught in somebody's leg or you're going to get it high in somebody's face. It's going to happen. That's why, like, he's a, I, he's a tad reckless. It's not, it, most of his penalties are not accidental. They're not <laughs> accidental, but they're why? Because, He thinks he's got to go 200 miles yeah. an hour every time he goes. And sometimes you, you're not in control of your full body. Mm -hmm. And there's maybe a stick, an errant stick that's going to happen. Absolutely. But if you're Colorado and Jared Bednar yesterday and you're saying, okay, I'm going to finish writing my notes at the end of the game but while I have it in my mind and fresh, Zach Benson was one that you say, hey, <laughs> look out in a few years for this guy when he's like, got it all put together. But he was definitely the most noticeable on the ice for the Sabres. Uh, you're absolutely right there, Duffer. Well, and uh, it, they were unable to uh, put together a second two-game win streak, and they have yet to have a four-game point streak this year. And um, it is making this challenge incredibly daunting moving forward. I, I have them needing to go 30, 12, and 10 now the rest of the way. Yeah, so the two out of three is now becoming three out of four, right? And that's, that's, it's like three and a half. It's like three and a half out of five. Yeah, it but the six 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 sixty point percentage uh, has now gone to seven hundred. No, it's six seventy three is what I figured this morning. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm rounding up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I think it's uh, kind of like uh, what the what, Islanders must have done when trying to figure out how many games Ross right. Johnson played. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, well, yeah, that too. But think of Pittsburgh winning last night against Montreal in the shootout. Now Pittsburgh is two points out of Washington in the wild card spot. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not only do you have to go that record, and I get it. Look, it's you know, yeah, playoffs were an objective. There always are an objective. But right now, when you look at point percentage in the Eastern Conference, mm -hmm. only Columbus is behind you. So mm -hmm. not only do you have to go 30 and 12 and whatever, you have to basically try to win three out of four. You have to hope that the, the multiple teams that are between you and the second wildcard spots are going to hit some some hitches and some some ditches and whatever so that you can get above that. Mm-hmm. 
And obviously last night was, uh, yeah, I mean, most nights are like this, <laughs> especially when you have uh, teams within the conference going head to head and uh, Pittsburgh and Montreal lasted just about as long as humanly possible. They went 12 rounds deep into the shootout. Uh, it was stunning win, quite frankly, by the Penguins, given that they were down in the shootout and Eller tied it seven round seven or eight and uh, kept her going. That was the uh, longest shootout we've seen in a seven year window since we'd gone that long. By the way, two thirds you... of the skaters on each side went. So right, because 12 rounds, that's two thirds of them. In the longest shootout ever, we actually had the only time where players shot multiple times. So this was back in 2014 and it was Washington and Florida. They went 20 rounds. Sure. Now, uh, UC Jokinen had scored early in the shootout. He did not score late. Do you know the active player? We just saw him in town on Monday who scored the decisive goal in round 20 of that shootout from 2014. He was playing with the Panthers then, obviously. And it was Luongo and Holtby, by the way, who basically put in a whole extra period <laughs> with that 20-round shootout. He was the only active player with the No, no, Arizona no, I'm saying what active player was here with Arizona the other night that just happened to score that shootout deciding goal in 2014. I mean, that's nine years ago now. So Zucker? No, Nick Bugstad. Oh, okay. I, I see. Like I took a guy that maybe was yeah, yeah. around. I don't even know yeah. if he was around nine years ago. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought Jason Zucker, yeah, but yeah, Nick Bugstad. Okay. Yeah, it was really funny looking at the names because I remember the hilarity of getting into the window of like round fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen, and having depth defensemen who actually scored only to have it matched by the other oh, team's yeah. depth defenseman. And I was thinking about all these premature celebrations. Well, how about <laughs> this one last no, night, though? No. You're thinking the first four shooters go and score. The first two rounds are 2-2, two -two, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's nothing for a while. Montreal finally scores. Yeah. Who did Spitberg put out there? Lars Eller. And right. Lars Eller scores. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, like it's an unlikely source type because you've got the Latang, the Malkin, the Carlson, everybody, right? And Lars Eller is the one that scored to mm -hmm. keep it going. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was Sidney uh, Crosby, man. Like, like since career points. numbers obviously are Hall of Fame worthy and he might even win the heart again this year. But my goodness, if this guy played against Montreal every night of his career, well, he has had so many standout nights going back to Montreal. It is yeah. crazy. Although I think I looked at his uh, highest point total against any team is against Buffalo, I think. Um, uh, yeah. I think yeah, he's got well, 82 points against the Sabres or something like that. But Montreal right. is he's like not as prolific as Sebastian Ajo is against the Sabres now. But no, still, but, but okay. So, list, so you talk about teams like the Sabres, for example, having to using my word, compete more. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, three games ago against Tampa, they lose 3-1. They have a player-only meeting. They hadn't scored a power play goal in a month, right? They go mm -hmm. and play Arizona, and who steps up? First power play they get, Sidney Crosby to Jake Gensel, power play goal. Last night against Montreal, Crosby, three points, two power play goals on the team. Like, that's who needs to step up. Right. And I think that's why the question was asked to Don Granato after the game yesterday. Are you getting enough of your top players? Because when you have hard moments and you have that, you want to shake up the room and say, we got to be better. And then there's meetings within the, the teams or whatever. Who are you looking for? You're looking for your top players to step up. I think that's why the question was asked. Don Granato answered it perfectly. Everybody needs to give more. But that's why 
you always look to top players when it, these things happen because right. that's what you want. You want Crosby to come through. Now, and Don, Crosby Don, Don is does too. Famer. Don does too, but the, yeah. it's not a top player singular issue. That's the problem here. Yeah, no, it's you, if there were more guys exceeding their effort level right now. Like we're not far removed from Thompson having points in three straight games upon his return from injury. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there's enough going on that you. It's just it. It's a it's a team wide. Don keeps saying it. There's opportunity for everybody to make a bigger impact here, and it's not happening. So anyway, yeah, um, no, I get it. You do? Yeah, I get it. Like I Are you look sure? at. Yeah, I look at. There's a chance. Tage had a chance in the third period, shot from yeah. the middle of the slot, right in the middle of the slot, right, yeah. Yeah. and it actually dented the A into the chest of Rosbatov. Like it back in the in Buffalo back in the days when shooters would hit you in the chest, oh, they yeah. would always yell, "Kill the Buffalo! Kill the Buffalo!" While Tage, like prime location, and I get it, right? Maybe the hand's still a little bothering him, or I don't know. But I, I look at that shot. This is a clear. You know, the people that says, hit the net, hit the net. Well, hitting the net when you hit the goalie in the chest is no better than missing the net by five feet. Like it really. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Other than putting a shot on the, you know, shot clock, it right. doesn't do anything. And I think that these are the things that I'm like, oh, I wish there would have been a, a better executed play right there by a guy that can definitely shoot the puck. We are late for Drager, so Darren is next from TSN here on Sabres Live. Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Since we're late to our own party, we'll try to keep the questions and answers quick here with Darren Dreger, our hockey insider <laughs> from TSN. Darren, what is boarding? What is boarding? Mm-hmm. As in the penalty? Seemed to be the question coming out of the NHL this past weekend. Well, we saw Robinson get a five-minute major, Uh, but it wasn't. And then Devander Kane didn't get called. And then there was the uh, the other one, too, that was reduced to a uh, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, so what, yeah, what is boarding? Well, that was the one, the one you're talking about there, Marty, was Nick Cousins on Nick Eric Cousins and Gabrenson. Yeah. And that was in the third period. And, and look, you could jump to the conclusion that if they retain the five minute major, maybe it doesn't have to be a game misconduct that goes along with it. You know, when you call a major for boarding, you don't have to attach the game misconduct. You can just call a five minute boarding major. So that puts Cousins in the penalty box for that five minutes. And maybe that's enough time for Good Branson to cool down. And you don't get an ugly look in today's NHL that we saw with Good Branson, you know, uh, seeking revenge a few minutes later in the fashion that he did. Um, I don't think that the major should have been rescinded on, on the Cousins play, but I don't think it was worthy of, of a game misconduct. Kane 100% deserved a penalty, and that was just a, a flat-out miss, especially when you compare, uh, compare it to, to Robinson. But I guess the problem that I have with this is, you know, we can judge these things in hindsight, but yet whenever there's additional review, and in this case there is review, right? We, we saw that major penalty on Cousins move back to a minor penalty, mm-hmm. you know, after the headsets go on and all of a sudden now the officiating supervisor uh, says, well, here's what I saw. And you have a less than experienced officiating crew. Uh, maybe the officiating crew on the ice should have said, here's what we saw. And that's what matters most, regardless mm-hmm. of what you're seeing in video and you stick to your guns because otherwise it, it comes down to judgment And that's where then I start defending the officials because, you know, it's okay. We can have an opinion. We can look at it in hindsight. By the end of the day, if we're allowing these men to make those calls using their judgment, then I think we have to be okay with some of the inconsistencies. But I understand that we get criticized sometimes because we're like, oh, we have the benefit of slowing things down and seeing multiple replays. But if they go to the monitor, they have that same benefit. So how did they not see it the way we see it? I'm a little baffled. It's almost like the the Cal Connor injury. Like, I I don't think it's dirty. I don't think it's dirty because I don't... Not a dirty player, yeah. Not from a dirty player, but I also think that when you start leading with your left, with your right knee or your leg going forward to hit somebody, those are going to yeah. happen. And you got to take that out of the game because knees are going to be taken out because you lead with your front leg. I couldn't agree more, but I would tell you that the, the, the view from the Department of Player Safety was that he did not extend or lead with his knee and that he maintained his position and his stance. Ryan Strom's stance was wide. My counter would be, okay, but Ryan Strom also had enough time to adjust his position yes. on Kyle Connor. He could have, you know, used shoulder and, and taken him out of the play with a full body check, in mm-hmm. my opinion. It looked like he had enough time to make that adjustment. And and then the other aspect of this is, okay, Kyle Connor is out now for several weeks with uh, an MCL strain. Ryan Strom was darn lucky. Because knee on knee, you 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 flip the coin as to who's going to be injured yeah. on a knee on knee play. But I'm with you. I I don't know that I would would have gone as far as it being suspendable. You know that it reaches the 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 level of supplemental discipline, but it wasn't right either. I think there was opportunity for Ryan Strom to take a different path. Meanwhile, Jonas Brodin is uh, on long-term injured reserve for the Wild after being hit by Evander Kane on what was yeah. not called on yeah. the play. So, Drew Bannister, what are the uh, what are the chances that he does in fact get uh, passion and accountability out of the Blues? And how will Brad Richards help from a consultant standpoint <laughs> on their power play? 
Yeah, that's interesting that that Doug Armstrong brings in Brad Richards. I had an exchange with with Richie oh a couple of weeks ago, and you know he acknowledged he didn't say St. Louis, but he acknowledged that there were some NHL clubs that were kicking tires, and that you know he's busy. He's a young father. He's got a lot going on, but you know he's also interested in in dabbling in hockey operations because he can see that path in his future moving forward. Um, I mean, talk about a guy who knew how to run a power play and was effective on a power play. Well, that was part of Brad Richards' MO. So uh, it can't hurt because that is a stagnant power play in St. Louis. As for Drew Bannister, um, good opportunity for him. He certainly deserves the opportunity. He's paid his dues. He's been around a long time. This guy is a very structured coach, hard-nosed dude. So I'm going to date myself. Um, I'm going back to when he was the head coach of the Sioux Greyhounds. My son was a draft pick of the Greyhounds, went to a camp, a Drew Bannister's. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> now it's the Ontario Hockey League. So when it comes to, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to, to develop, you know, kids into men at that point, but he likes to crack the whip. He is going to find a way, even at the NHL level, to get his message across. It's a tough one, though, right? Because you're coming in and you're replacing – has there been a more popular coach in St. Louis history? And that's saying a lot because they've had some some real good coaches historically in St. Louis. But he is a you know Craig Berube is a blue collar dude who everyone in that in 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 that city fan base of the Blues uh, feels like they can attach to. So he's coming in under a huge huge shadow, and his contract goes until the end of the year. So that's how much time Drew Bannister has to prove that he deserves a longer look. Now, is there a misconception a little bit with coaches like Craig Berube or Dean Evison or Mike Sullivan or John Tortorella that, you know, they're more of a uh, motivator type of coach, right? There, There's more to that. But, you know, you look at Greg Berube, like if he couldn't get his team motivated, is is it just a new voice that's going to do it? I don't buy into that. Me like either. Minnesota, they brought in John Hines. Like he, it's weird that they all of a sudden started playing better. Maybe better goaltending yeah. has helped that. But yeah. it, do we jump to conclusion too fast with coaches that are supposed to be the motivator type? But but there's really more to that. And and. I don't know. No. Maybe they they get the short end of the you know the change when it comes to uh, being labeled. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and three guys that you talked about here, Marty. You know, let's start with John Tortorella. You know, in Philadelphia, the Flyers love him. Like he's got a connection with players. It's it's bizarre to me that he would have this deep connection with, say, Sean Walker, whose name is consistently out there on the trade front. But you know, Torts loves Sean Walker and vice versa, which is why you know the the Flyers are asking for so much for the pending unrestricted free agent. He connects well with players, not all players, but show me a coach that connects with every single player. It doesn't happen. Torts would have been run out of this league a long, long time ago if he wasn't a good, sound hockey guy. Not just a motivator, uh, an X's and O's dude as well. I'd say the same with Dean Evison. I loved his response to Mike Russo. What was a day after getting fired by the Wild where he said, I didn't wake up this morning and think that I'm a bad coach. No, I know I'm a good coach. Mm-hmm. Dean Evison is going to coach again. And likewise with Craig Berube. I had a, a short exchange with Berube yesterday. Um, yeah, I was just wishing him well. I mean, he's he's done a real good job there. And anybody knows, spent five minutes with Craig Berube, knows the quality of the man here. And he just said, you know, I just want to lay low for a bit. So 
we'll see, but automatically you see the rumor mill churning, right? When a name like that, you know, again, uh, an experienced coach like Craig, uh, Craig Berube gets bounced, but he's far more than a motivator. He's just flat out a good coach. Uh, <laughs> that was my question. I was That's expecting okay. you jumping on there. Uh, well, any I'll updates? Ask you, hey, Dregs, I'll ask you if the league is holding an emergency meeting because there was a 12-round shootout last night. Oh. <laughs> I loved well, it. I yeah, I know that. you love it. We argue about this every time I know, you bring, I bring it, it up, up or I bring it up. I, I love it. it too. Come on. Like, but, just, well, three on I mean, three ain't doing it for anybody anymore either. So. Actually, you know what? Most Montreal teams, doesn't play three on three. They play yeah. four on four because they, they have a power play to start <laughs> the overtime and there's no whistles. They did that against Buffalo the other day. Buffalo had a power play, and then there was no whistles. I actually yeah. told Duffer, I'm like, can somebody just shoot the puck on the bench so I we can know. get a whistle and go back to three-on-three? Three? I've watched two overtime games this week. Toronto the Islanders, nothing wrong with that with that overtime. Bo Horvat scored an absolute beauty to give the Islanders the extra point. I watched the New Jersey Devils and the Boston Bruins last night in overtime, a 1-1 hockey game. Yeah. The Devils win 2-1. They swap blows back and forth, and it ended pretty quickly. I would much rather all day long extend three-on-three than get bored to tears watching a skills competition go 12 rounds. Well, I mean, (laughs) yes, I... I'd rather see three on three than 12 rounds. But I think when you have the 12 rounds, it's kind of exciting to a certain point. Because now you're like, you don't see guys that you usually do uh, see in a shootout. So So it's kind of fun. But but that's the point though, right? Then go to the international rule where you can, you can, you know, put back a star player after, I don't know, whatever round, three rounds, four rounds, because by the time you get to the 12th round, come on. Like we're seeing guys that probably, probably shouldn't be participating in the shootout, but I don't know. Duffer I would go the other too. way, Drags and Duffer. I would have a four-player uh, shootout when you go to the shootout. Drags, you pick three of your own guys, and then the uh, uh, the opposing team gets to pick Ooh. one. They gets to they get to pick one. So like now it that. becomes a full team aspect because your yeah. worst player is probably going to go, and you have like to be it. ready for it. I like it. Hey, by the way, did we talk about the revamped NHL skills competition last no, week on the show? I don't I think talk we did. about anything that happens in Toronto. No, <laughs> oh, that's fair. I understand. You're jaded. Um, <laughs> no, actually, I'm smart. Yeah. Well, I try Wait. not to talk about Toronto, but it's impossible when you're, yes. you you work and live in this area. But I'll tell you, to give the the energy, so we're we're so quick to, and I say we mostly national media to dive on the NHL for doing this and doing that, and normally it's negative. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that they've revamped this this skills competition and the fact that they've attached a huge sum of money, charity and otherwise, to the individual champion. Because let's be honest, you can't change the game. The game is never going to be better. Why do you even expect it to be better? The players are never going to play hard in an NHL All-Star game anymore. So do what you can do. And if the crown jewel of All-Star weekend in Toronto, Duffer, um, is the skills I won't competition? I'll be out of the. I'll be out of the country. So. You say that every curious. year, but that you know exactly yeah. what yeah. happened. Usually, yeah. then you talk. Maybe about just it. because it comes through social media, yeah. and maybe you yeah, see I it. I don't but, watch yeah. it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I watch you it. talk you talk about it for the next three, four days on Sabres no, Live. No, <laughs> no, no, we don't. You don't no. usually bring it up, but that's Paige okay. Thompson's gonna win a million dollars and give five hundred. Well, he's got a fifty million dollar contract. So. Like that's not really all that exciting for a casual fan. Well, it is for his charity. The charity gets a half a schmill. I like that it's kind of like the uh decathlon or pentathlon or whatever they call it like it's like just try to get the best all-around skilled player not just yeah, one yeah. event it's like okay who is the best all-around skilled when you consider skating stick handling shooting and all of that so i i kind of i'm i can't believe by... you're not offended though like how does the goalie get anything out of this i don't care well you, you don't want to win a million dollars well, maybe I tell my uh, my player I'm going to help you win it, and then uh, we partner up. I want a ten percent right. cut. I'll be he your agent. Fixes in, okay. That, yeah, absolutely. Let's work uh, on it together. We have five seconds left. Is the league uh, happy or sad or indifferent about the Capitals' plan to move out of DC? Um. Well, I, I don't think they're surprised. So probably indifferent. I mean, this is a power play, though, isn't it? Uh, you know, I mean. Ted Leonsis and company are just trying to get more money out of the city to get that near $1 billion renovation thing. Yeah. All right. Sounds it's not good. like they're, they're moving that far if they are, but yeah, I get Yeah, it. it's like eight miles or something, isn't it? Yeah, moving far. is moving. It's yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See you, Dregs. Have a great weekend, fellas. <laughs> yes, you too. Back after this on Sabres Live. Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close almost friday which means uh, new music comes out at that time uh, unfortunately we are sad to report that almost touching uh, has not yet finished its recording process so the new band established by marty and i and uh, photographer bill whippert early in the week uh, is not yet quite ready to sail now i do have a new band name for you marty okay. uh, because of because of what has happened to the sabers and now the amherst in shootouts in a very short period of time the band name is death by suzuki's because yesterday oh. it was ryan who delivered the only shootout goal in the win against Rochester. The Amherst had a 2-0 lead. They fell in Springfield. They got it back. They should have had a, the game winner. Uh, for some reason, halfway through the third period, they called it back on what was a go-ahead goal by Yops. Seth Afford still doesn't have a proper explanation for it. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. And it's also neither this or that. But this is a this or that, which is coming soon to a Highmark Stadium near you. Corgi racing. Now, they are one of the more popular breeds of dogs on social media. There's no question about that. And they'll be racing on Sunday. Who do you have? Loose? Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. On the left or Aris on the right. I am going to go with Aris on the right because when you look at the picture, how that dog stands on that tree stump like this, it got to be a very agile, very quick, very lean type looking dog. But we used to do dog racing at the horse show. So sometimes in between sessions, they would drag the rings and then you'd bring your dog. And I brought my little toy poodle one time and I'm like, she's going to fly through this thing, right? Well, she took four steps forward and then decided to run sideways. So I hope that these dogs are trained to go forward because if one goes sideways with the loud 70,000 people, it may get a little uh, distracting.
They appear to be almost touching, and you can almost guarantee that they will <laughs> at some point during the race. We'll see you tomorrow on Sabres Live. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.